There is an epidemic failure within the game to understand what is really happening. They are asking all the wrong questions. Peter Brand in the movie Moneyball. It ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Mostly credited to Mark Twain. In the 1970s, Israeli psychologists Danny Kahneman and Amos Versky wrote a research paper titled Belief in the Law of Small Numbers. The findings were that even professional academics mistook a very small part for the whole when making decisions. For example, even though flipping a coin is always a 50-50 proposition, if a subject were to flip it a hundred times, but the first two times turned up heads, the subject would believe that the majority of flips would turn up heads, at least higher than the true probability. This is also known as the gambler's fallacy, where in roulette we see red or black running hot, and we begin to think that red or black is more likely to occur, when statistically, it's not. As human beings, the more we see something, the more this becomes our reality, regardless of whether our sample size is too small to draw any real conclusions. In the mid-1980s, Don Reitelmeyer was assigned to Sunnybrook Hospital just outside Toronto to serve as a check against certain hospital decisions. Specifically, Reitelmeyer was brought in to question each doctor's diagnosis and provide feedback as to the probability the doctor was correct. Obviously, this was something that the Sunnybrook doctors were not fans of. At first, where did a generalist, Reitelmeyer, from the trauma center get the right to question a qualified physician. But Reitelmeyer and others like him found that doctors had exaggerated confidence based on their expert experience. Simply put, doctors would see problems and solutions around their core expertise and would oftentimes ignore other signals where they were not as familiar. The problem was not what doctors didn't know. It's what they knew that would get them into trouble. In November of last year, I took my son Adam to a high school open house. While he was taking a few of the sample classes during the morning sessions, I was doing the same with a group of parents. My first class of the day was called the Theory of Knowledge. My assignment was simple. View a painting of a building and discuss what you know about the painting. Our group tried to discern when it was created, whether it was real or fictitious, and if it was real, was it a famous place? Once the discussion was completed, the instructor told us that the painter was Adolf Hitler. From that moment on, everything about the conversation was immediately altered. A few people even became emotional upon hearing this information. The truth was, once the majority of the class found out this one piece of information, they could no longer view the painting as a piece of art. What the class knew could never be undone and would affect their perception of that piece of art, and perhaps others like it, forever. Does what we know hold us back in marketing? No, this is not a psychology, medical, or art history audiobook, but the previous examples are definitely applicable. For the past 20 years, Robert and I have worked with CEOs, chief marketing officers, VPs of sales and marketing, 
and marketing practitioners from brands around the world. In each case, some part of their marketing and or sales process was broken. We go in, we analyze, we advise, and hopefully we compel these marketers and sales professionals to fix what they can with the resources they have. But what we've realized in the past few years has become, to say the least, disturbing. 